This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Welcome to Thursday Throwback, the day of the week we revisit some of the Joyful Courage podcasts from The Vault, shows that have gone out into the world and made a big impact on listeners. It's the day of the week where I get to share some of my favorite previous guests that you may have missed or forgotten about because it's been a minute. Keep in mind that you may hear some promotions and offers that are outdated during these shows. Let those mentions go and just enjoy the wisdom of these powerful world changers. Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? I am so glad that you have found yourself at the Joyful Courage Podcast. This is a place where we celebrate real and raw conversations about raising kids with conscious parenting and positive discipline. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke. I'm a facilitator. I'm a parent coach. Most importantly, I am a mom of two teenagers, and I am walking the path of more mindful, intentional parenting right alongside of you. Please know that this podcast is created for you. I create it for you and for our community. And if you love it, feel free to share it with all of your family and friends over social media. Let's spread the word. Let's get as many people as possible listening to this show. Please write a review on Apple's podcast, formerly known as iTunes, and join the Patreon community where parents just like you are contributing just a small little amount each month to the show and enjoying perks like monthly webinars and community conversations about the content you here on this podcast. Check the show notes for links and more details on all of that. I am so, so grateful that you are here. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back. I'm so excited for my very first guest of 2019. Sarah Harvey Yao is a leadership consultant who has developed more than 4,000 leaders across the globe. She specializes in helping leaders navigate pressure and stress by staying present in the moment. Sarah is the author of two books, Get Present and Drop In, and her work has been seen on CNN, Mind Body Magazine, Self Magazine, and King 5 News. She's also the mother of two teen boys and can speak firsthand 
how the skill of presence can transform the parenting experience. And Sarah's going to tell you all about where you can find her at the end of the show. But I'm just so excited to say welcome back to the podcast, Sarah. Yay. Thank you. I am very, very pleased to be back. Um, You're like one of my favorite podcasters out there. So thanks for having me back. I love that. Please remind the listeners a little bit about how you found yourself doing what you do. Oh, my work is just, just born out of my own personal journey. <laughs> you and uh, me <laughs> I just take a big deep breath as I look back on the years of, of this, but it, it, long story short, I, I have found and been invited into really understanding what being fully present is and what it means and how it transforms our experience of life. And so from that, it, there's um, quite a bit out there around mindfulness and and meditation and all of that's a part of my work. And the language I really orient just personally to is, is being fully present, mm-hmm. being fully present in the moment, fully present to our experience. And uh, I practice every day. Uh, this is not a skill you master. It's just something you continue to work with. And parenting has a special way of amping up my practice. Mm, just It's special. It is special. Oh, <laughs> teenage boys, two teenage boys in the house, uh, 13 and 16. And oh yes, I, I practice and I'm learning every day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And just to remind you listeners, the last time Sarah was on was episode 68. And many of you refer to that episode often because it was such a great conversation. We talked about dropping into ourselves, finding our presence. And Sarah, you were also part of the mindfulness mini summit that I did where you talked with me about meditation. And both of those experiences were really well received by listeners. Today, we're going to talk about naming emotions. I had seen a post because I follow you on Instagram (laughs) and you shared on Instagram recently where you wrote naming feelings opens a doorway for the energy of the emotion to metabolize. And I was so intrigued just, yes, by naming feelings, because I think that's such an important practice for all of us to be doing for ourselves as well as our kids. But the language around opening a doorway for the energy of the emotion to metabolize, just I just like wanted to marinate in that. So To start, tell me about what inspired you to share about the topic of feelings and what is it that you mean by the energy of emotion? Yeah. So emotion is broken down into, it's just energy in motion. It, Mm. it's just energy when there's an emotion, it just, we feel it because it it hopefully is moving Mm. and it is designed to move. It's just energy. That's all it is. We, our minds, attach good or bad labels to them. When I'm happy, it's good. When I'm sad, it's bad. But in um, in reality, it's all just energy. But when we experience the emotions that are less comfortable or less desirable according to our conditioned mind, we tend to um, hold them in or um, contract Mm -hmm. um, and stuff, you know, we're familiar with all the, the, the ways that we don't feel or we distract ourselves, Mm -hmm. but really what wants to happen is that they just want to move and Mm -hmm. they want to move out of the system because when we feel it, 
we feel an emotion, it then it has some room to move and then can come out. And then you get to move on with your next experience. But if we're not feeling them, they get stuck. And so they can't metabolize. When I say the emotion wants to metabolize, it wants to move, it wants to dissipate. Mm. So naming the emotion is one way that we can start to look at it and be with it and allow it in its own intelligence to start moving. Yeah. So, so important, right? For parents on the journey, like both Mm -hmm. as models, but uh, (laughs) equally as important is as we, as we experience, you know, the challenges that come with raising kids and it can feel just like a roller coaster. And when I hear you say emotions, they want to be in motion and they want to move through and out. So I'm, it brings me like immediately what comes to mind. And this is something that I hear, especially from the people that I work one-on-one with, as I'm sure you do as well. You know, it's that the conversation around, you know, I just, I get so angry and I can't shake it off. Mm. You know, and, and I, I, and I know that experience too, right? Like I'm sitting on my bed and I'm just all the feels tingling Mm. tension can't, you know, probably in disbelief for some new and creative way that my children have surprised me by (laughs) their awesome (laughs) life choices. And, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Okay. I know I need to calm down and oh my gosh, I'm so mad or I'm so like, is that, so in that moment, I feel like, okay, I'm I'm acknowledging, I'm recognizing, but I'm guessing there are some other pieces as well, as far as being my own facilitator of moving that energy of emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, you're doing great. If you're sitting and and just noticing your own reactions, you are, you are well ahead of the game. So awesome job on that. Oh, good. So um, feeling, so knowing we're in it when we're in it, knowing when we're in it, we're in it. And we kind of <laughs> take it away from other people. So we don't spew it on other people or, or just, you know, have some sort of reaction that we regret later. So I, I, I sort of had this image of you in your own bedroom. I've never seen your house, but you in your own bedroom sort of working your way through it. Um, that that's a great, great first step. Like, wow, I'm in it. Even saying out loud, just to yourself or to the, you know, to the dog, I am in it right now. Mm-hmm. Even that creates a little bit more space because what, what you're starting to do is disconnect or just simply observe the experience of being in the emotion. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes we, our minds really want to attach meaning. We want to figure out why we want to immediately go into the fix it mode or how did I, you know, this is a bad reflection of me. There's a lot of places the mind wants to go, but if we stay in the purity of the emotion, if you really, really, truly stay with emotion and just are with it and sort of watch it and observe it, the real intensity of the emotion actually can pass fairly quickly within a, within about 90 seconds, actually, um, the, the intensity of the energy. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we often feel the intensity and either want to retreat or we get totally sucked into it. And then the mind creates a bunch of story around it. And, and then we're kind of off and running. 
So, yeah, I call that the emotional freight train has picked us up and taken us to crazy town. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ertube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. So the intensity, right? The intensity and and is that, and we're on the, you know, the emotional freight train. So is that where you would say, you know, we head into like resentment and blame and is that where we have the opportunity to really hold on and really like the 90 seconds? Yes. If we are with it, open to it, acknowledging it, then we can get to the other side of it. But is it, like really diving into it, like you said, um, that's when it just feels like we can't quote, let it go. Is that what you would say? Yeah. It just, um, I, I should just say that I don't 
see very many people doing this well, by the way. And I'm not even, I'm not even saying I do this well. Oh yeah. Me sitting on my bed, everyone. That's like on the best day of my life, (laughs) right? This is not a normal day where I'm like, let me go collect myself and feel my feelings. Straight up about this. (laughs) But I'm saying there's a possibility that if you really were to just be with with the experience of the intensity, the intensity passes quickly if mm. you're not resisting it. Okay. So there's, there's, there's the possibility. The reality is most of us feel, you know, have an emotion. We got either emotionally triggered or scared or something mm-hmm. angry. And, um, and we, and we tend to either get taken on a ride with like you have mentioned in, in many a podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm suggesting that first for ourselves that we, that naming what you're experiencing may be a great start to Got working it. with it. So even, uh, even saying, I am so freaking fiery hot right now. Mm. Maybe you wouldn't use freaking, maybe you would use another word or, um, you know, my, my stomach is so tight right now, Mm -hmm. or I am so scared. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking just to yourself Mm -hmm. saying verbally getting it out of your body starts, starts it being able to move. But it's when we contain it and we contain our feelings and we contain our words about it. Um, that, that it can get stuck. Why do you, why do we do that? Why do you think that it's so hard? And I don't know if it's cultural or what, but it seems like I, cause that's, this is something that when we teach positive discipline classes, you know, it's a lot of role-playing. And the first question that we ask to parents after an experience is what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And and, and nine times out of 10, the parent wants to say, well, I feel like I want to, you know, it's, it's not a feeling it's an, it's a thinking, right? It's a thought. Yes, it's, it's a, a thought. thought. And mm-hmm. so it's really challenging to, and we talk about, well, feelings are one word and, you know, let's drop a little deeper than frustrated. And it's really challenging for, and I'm, I'm sure it's just because we don't practice. I know it's because we don't practice. This isn't how we talk to each other, but what else gets in? What do you think gets in the way? What do you notice in your practice gets in the way of people really acknowledging how they're feeling? Oh, so much, (laughs) so much. Um, much of it has been, been through our own conditioning. I mean, if we really think back on how we were raised, um, and what, and what the general kind of discourse has been, especially when we were younger. I mean, some, I'll just say it's in the seventies for me. Um, me too. There wasn't much talk of this. It was, I mean, I, I, what I remember is like, suck it up. Right. Suck it, suck it up buttercup or get over it. Or, um, the, you know, very specifically I heard you're so sensitive, mm. stop being so sensitive. So there's so many messages about stoicism and, um, containment and, and a real insinuation of how very unproductive and non-pragmatic feelings can be. And then we've also got some brain science around it. It's, it's, we just, when we have feelings and we're not used to working with them, it's kind of an unknown. And so it tends to kick us into the fight or flight response. Mm. So there's, oh man, it feels like the odds are stacked against us. Um, but, but the beautiful thing is this is very much, uh, can be a learned behavior for both adults and kids. Yeah. I love that. And that's, those are the dots that I'm 
hearing you connect. And I think something that uh, we talk about a lot here on the podcast is it's just because, well, I wasn't, I was conditioned this way, or I have a hard time with emotions or often what I'll hear is, um, well, I ask them cause I, you know, I always invite parents and I do this myself in my own practice when we're helping our children navigate challenges, you know, asking them, well, how does that make you feel? And sometimes parents, you know, they'll bump into their kids saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, my, my child doesn't like to talk about how they're feeling. And my response is always like, well, keep asking mm-hmm. and keep modeling. So even though we might not say, well, I think it's really powerful to, to say, wow, I'm feeling really overwhelmed by my emotions right now. And my belly is tight and my shoulders are tense. I'm going to like out loud, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in my room and take some breaths and help myself work through this so that I, I'll say, so that I'm not super mean to you. <laughs> awesome. So great. Again, you know, when I can catch myself, but mm-hmm. this is, and I think there's such a powerful modeling, right? That happens both. We're training ourselves, but we're also in service to our kids so that they see, oh, you know, this is a human thing, like emotions and self-regulation. It's not all the adults have it together and the kids are freak shows. It's we're all working towards this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think when we're in emotion, we're we're in a different part of our brain than the language center. Mm -hmm. So it's often hard to articulate what we're feeling. Yeah. Um, that's why in, in the blog that you saw, I, I talk about just the, really the seven basic emotions. And I've used these with my, with my kids and myself for as long as I can remember, honestly, that just, are you sad? Are you mad? Are you scared? Are you happy? Are you surprised? Are you embarrassed? Are you disgusted? Mm. And we would literally just go through, are you sad? No. Okay. Are you mad? Yes. Okay. Are you scared? Hmm. I don't know. Are you happy? No. And just <laughs> kind of go through. It's like, okay, well, we've got sad, maybe scared, or no, we've got mad, maybe scared, and maybe embarrassed. Okay, mm-hmm. great. And it's a doorway. We're just looking for yeah. the doorway. Oh, I love that. I love that. The entry point, right? Yeah. To yeah. figuring out, because so often we think we know what's happening with our kids, right? That yeah. tip of the iceberg. And we could stay there and we forget there's so much under the surface that we get to explore and check our assumptions against. I think a lot about anger and the mad emotion, Mm -hmm. mostly because, you know, I hear all over, you know, you see all over the internet from parent educators and the like saying, you know, here's a webinar to stop yelling or a 10 day you know, a 10 day challenge to stop yelling. And, and I've even, you know, I have a a workshop that I do called more love, less rage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And the idea is to navigate this flood of emotion that, you know, floods our body and then comes out of our mouth, you know, not to mention spanking and, you know, kind of the more corporal punishment, but really Mm -hmm. just focusing on the yelling. Anger to me is this powerful emotion that that ha- it, it's like enticing because it's powerful. Like it, le- it feels like it's leading us into action. But when we dig under the surface, 
especially considering, you know, parenting teens, but I think also any, really anywhere you are on the parenting journey, there's also fear and disappointment and embarrassment and disbelief. And it seems like, and and I would love your opinion on this. When I think about those emotions, fear, disappointment, embarrassment, disbelief, they feel, uh, they kind of, they feel weak. They feel like, like um, a collapsing in. And so in that discomfort, because it's incredibly uncomfortable, right? Anger can kind of swoop in to take over and we have something we can do something with. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always talk about anger as a secondary emotion mm. and I'm sure, have you, have you heard that language before? Maybe. That okay, makes sense so the, to me. So it, it, it's like the, um, it's like the signal fire. <laughs> it's like something's going on here. Oh, I like that and signal fire. Gener- I just made that up. Yeah, um, good job. Like, generally good speaking, anger is a, is a very powerful emotion. It's, it, it, you're absolutely right. There's energy behind it. And when I um, experience anger and I work with my clients on this, it's a sign that your boundaries have been crossed oh. or there's a sign something deeper is going on. Mm-hmm. So anger in and of itself, like uh, we could just talk an entire podcast on anger and the power of anger and the importance of anger mm-hmm. and how to use it in a way that's incredibly constructive because I, I love anger. I love it when it comes up for me because I, I know I'm onto something good, mm-hmm. but most people either get swept away with anger and move into the rage, mm-hmm. um, or they just sort of stop at the anger piece. But anger, remember, it's just a, it's just a signal. It's just a sign something else is down here, <laughs> a little bit deeper. Like you, you know, you 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 obviously talk your clients, um, take your clients on that journey. Mm-hmm. But generally, under anger, if you peel back several layers, it usually is is um, just deep grief or fear. Yeah, and that's and- really hard to be with. Oh such courage, (laughs) such courage to even explore something beneath the the anger. And that's why I think we don't do it very often. Mm -hmm. It's not modeled well. We don't get, we don't have the support for it, but there is that possibility of going beneath the anger because man, that's where the richness is. So I don't know what happens to me at dinner, but I, by dinner time, you know, I, I always have this expectation and maybe this is my problem that we are going to sit down together and have this delightful conversation and it's going to be great. And it, and actually, if you were an observer of our family dinners, you would be like, um, what are you complaining about right now? Because everybody sits down together. We laugh and joke, but no matter not no matter what, it's sometimes it'll kind of spin. And there's this thing that my daughter does that just feels so condescending and so disrespectful. And it's not this big explosive thing. It's subtle. And then I just get triggered. And, and mm-hmm. we, were, we were talking about, and I got super bugged last night. And I just got up. That's what I do. I get up. I'm excused. Meh. Go to the go to the sink, do my plate, you know. And Rowan, my daughter, is like, "Mom, why are you so triggered by me?" You know, like this is the this is the thing of raising kids with positive discipline and oh my and mindfulness. She just is oh like, "Whoa, you're super triggered. What's going on?" And I'm like, "Don't you act like you don't know what you're doing? 
and you know exactly what you're doing. And she goes, uh, I have no idea why you're so mad. And I got to, that's the choice point, right? I got to take a step back and either argue with her about whether or not she knew what she was doing when she was doing it or take the feedback and recognize perhaps, (laughs) which is something that I say all the time, like they don't, they aren't wrapped up in making our lives miserable. Like they're way too self-centered to be that focused on us. I say that. And yet I live in a way that's like, you make me so crazy. And, you know, so I got to kind of lean back and say, you know, it feels like, you know, sometimes it feels like when we're in conversation that you, it just kind of feels like an attack on what I'm saying and and really dismissive. And I was able to use really clear language and and, and it was interesting too, you know, the emotion, I decided not to jump on the train and go to crazy town. Mm-hmm. Instead, I stayed with her and expressed myself. And it was amazing how quickly she, and she came over and she goes, do you need a hug? Which is such a throwback to when she was a little girl, because, you know, with teenagers, they stop hugging you. Mm-hmm. And she really like, not only did she stop hugging us, but she would flinch. Not so much anymore. During the really dark year of freshman year, (laughs) that's what would happen. The flinching, there's a little tense, tensing up that happens. Not not such an active flinch. So she came over and she hugged me and we moved on. But I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, like that was one of those things where I felt the anger, but really I felt hurt, you know, and, and it quickly manifested into, God damn it, you know, gosh darn it, in my mind. And then, you know, kudos to Rowan for like diffusing me, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is not her job. However, she did it really well last night. Um, I love the idea of the signal fire (laughs) because it is, right? Yeah. I mean, it just, there's just something else here. There's something else here. And to use the energy, because sometimes when we do get angry, it's because we did get hurt or some, someone did something to us that Mm -hmm. is not okay. Mm -hmm. Or we didn't know that was a boundary, but suddenly I do now, I know now. And so there's a fire that can propel you into speaking and asking for what you actually need. Yeah. And this is, of course, I'm, t- I'm talking mostly from a, a functional adult perspective, mm-hmm. but with the kids too, I, I invite them to feel anger. I want them to feel that in their body and then work through how do we want to move it out of your body. That has always been my conversation from as early as I can remember with the kids of great, let, there's a feeling, there's an emotion going on. It's in your body. How do we want to get it out? Yeah. Let's, can we role play that? Yeah. So I'm your child and I just, you know, accidentally broke a toy or something happened and here I am and I'm full of anger and I'm Mm -hmm. stomping and I'm so, so mad. So mom, I'm, I'm just so mad. Yeah. And, and I like to add physical touch if possible. So let's, let's go, let's go sit down together. Let's get, let's get on the floor. Mm -hmm. Do you want to sit on my lap? Can Mm -hmm. I hold you? There's something about the physical touch that Mm -hmm. would be nice. Mm -hmm. So ask permission. And if it's not okay, it's not okay. And that's totally fine. You can just sit next to each other. Okay. I'll sit next to you and I'm still so mad. And so what do you say to me? Great. So tell me about that. Where do you, what you say you feel mad? Yeah. Um, can you feel, what does it feel like in your body? 
Can you feel something in your body? Yeah, it feels like everything is tight and I want to hit. Okay. And can you point to where it is? Yeah, and I'm pointing to kind of my my arms and my shoulders and my chest. Okay, and you want to hit? Yes. Okay. Should we should we just do that? Do you want to try to hit something? Yes. Okay. Let's let's go to the couch and let's let's stack up those pillows, and you know that whiffle whiffle that plastic bat you have. Yes. Go for it. Just oh, go yeah. for it. Oh, go the for whiffle it. bat. Okay, I'm hitting the pillow. I'm hitting the pillow, okay. and now it feels kind of funny. And what do you say stuff? What, yeah. what are you mad about, honey? While you're hitting, just oh, say I'm mad that I broke my toy and I'm mad that I can't fix it. And I'm mad. Keep hitting. And keep this hitting. Awesome. And now I don't really feel that mad anymore, but I still want my toy to be fixed. Do you think you could help me fix it? Okay. Yeah. Let's sit back down. That's awesome. You did so good. You just, you felt mad and you got it out of your body. And do you, can you feel a difference on that now? Yes. Okay. Awesome job. So now besides being mad, let's just go through the the other feelings. Are you sad? Well, yeah, because I'm not sure even with your help, if I can fix my toy. Okay. Are you scared? No. Okay. Are you happy? No. But I'm more happy than I was before I hit the couch with my bat. Okay. Are you surprised? No. Okay. Embarrassed? Mm, Maybe a little bit because I kind of threw a big fit. Okay. And, or are you disgusted? No. Okay. So a little bit embarrassed and maybe a little bit sad. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Of course. Of course you would feel that way. I would feel sad if I accidentally broke one of my favorite vases or, you know, pieces of jewelry, something I really care about. And you obviously really cared about that toy. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do with that? Is that in your body? Feeling sad or a little embarrassed? Can you feel that in your body? Mm, no, not really. Okay. I don't think so. Great. I think I feel okay now. All right, honey. What do you need? I want you to look at my toy and tell me if you can help me fix it. Awesome. Let's go do it. Okay. That was great. Thank you for playing with me. Yeah. Um, So now when I think about older kids, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is always like, yeah, but, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. This stuff's a little easier to do when the kids are younger, but I'm telling you, if you put this, (laughs) this is your foundation. Yeah. Uh, and and actually love to tell you about, um, you know, real life story with my son who is in the sixth grade. Yes. Um, and he has just was having a rough year. Um, and Burn those I, rough years. Oh I know, you know, you remember the, the years, the years. <laughs> and I just happened to be sort of puttering upstairs in the hall closet. And I looked in his bedroom and he was face down on his bed. Mm-hmm. So I came in and said, Hey, bud, you know, what's, what's going on? And he just muffled, uh, in his pillow. And I spent a little bit of time just mostly in silence with my hand on his back, mm-hmm. just being fully present with him, just breathing, just being there. And I said, can we, can we talk about it? And can you flip over so we could talk about it? And I asked him, what are you feeling? And he, he really couldn't articulate it. And I, you know, sort of 
touched on these, like, are you sad? Are you mad? Are you scared? And all he knew was where it was in his body. Mm. Like there was no words for it. And I said, well, where is it in your body? And he pointed to his chest. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you need right now? And he said, I need to cry. Mm. And he, and I'm like, let's get it out. Let's do this. I'm right here. I've got you. And you can, let's get this out of your body because you know you feel better when it's out of your body. And so I just put my hand on his chest and that's all he needed. He just needed to feel a little safety and support and to be, you know, held. Um, and he cried, man, he let it rip. Mm. And of course, as a mom, I'm just like, oh my God, what my mind is like, what's happening? Oh my God, what happened at school? Oh my God. But mostly I just kept breathing with him and stayed there. And it did pass in about, you know, about a minute. And then we took some breaths. My like, good job. You did awesome. You felt a feeling and yeah. you let it go. And now where else is it? Mm-hmm. And he pointed to his stomach mm-hmm. and I'm like, what do you need? He's like, I need to cry again. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh God. Okay, let's go for it. Let's get it out. And I put his hand and this sobbing was like the full on emotional release. Like yeah. a, a harder cry than the first one. And then again, it lasted about, you know, under, under a couple of minutes that that was a doozy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we just breathed. We were mostly quiet and I was just loving presence for him. And I said, what do you need now? He's like, I just need to be alone. I'm like, you got it. You did awesome. And, mm-hmm. and I'll be downstairs if you need anything. And there was this beauty of not putting words to it. I know I wrote a whole post about putting some language around it, but there's also a natural intelligence that these kids have. And we have as adults, we may be a little bit farther away from it, but they're a little bit more in their bodies or, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he was still in the sixth grade and he could just feel it. And sometimes that's all they, that's all they need. And they need permission to let it out in a way that's productive. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what I heard in your story is the deep, safe permission that you gave him, especially our boys. Yes. Our boys, which they shouldn't need permission to show emotion. And fortunately our culture kind of dictates that a bit. Oh yeah. But I think they I need just, more. I really yeah. think they need more support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thank you for sharing that. I bet that was really one of those that'll stay with you, right? Yeah. And he's 16 now. And I'm not kidding. He didn't make the level jazz band that he really wanted. And we basically went through this exact same thing in like the 16 year old version of it mm-hmm. on a walk. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just was there and went like, you know, where is it? What are you feeling? What do you need? And he could, he wanted a little bit more independence, a little more space, but it's, it, it, there's something about it that he recognized mm-hmm. this process of like, Oh, there's an emotion. I can feel it and let it move. Yeah. Well, in that common language, and I want people that are listening, you know, there is no closed window to when you can start talking about right. emotions and feelings and where is it in your body? Don't think that, you know, if your kids are older, that you somehow missed this opportunity, it simply sounds like, oh my gosh, I learned something new and I am committed to practicing it and I'm going to be talking about it. And I hope that you join me, you know, like just invite your family into what it is that you're learning because it's important to you. And, you know, on the flip side, you're modeling. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I mean, a couple of other real-time examples came Mm -hmm. up when my youngest, when he, uh, was a couple years ago, he lost his favorite little blankie it was stolen and and he was really really sad and he was old enough for me to explain this is called grief Mm. and so it was a new word it wasn't the happy sad mad this is a a more you know he was cognitively ready for another word Mm -hmm. this is called grief and this is this is what we feel like when we lose anything Mm -hmm. we lose a relationship we lose a loved one we lose a thing and there's real deep feelings and that's called grief and that helped him orient around wow that's what that's called and then um just this last summer my oldest came back from costa rica and was having a just a really hard time re-assimilating back here because there was because mm-hmm. he was in Costa Rica. Because he was in Costa Rica. Uh, yeah, and, and like sanity of, of nature and everything and mm-hmm. coming back. And like, yeah, this is this is called reverse culture shock. This is like a real thing. This is what happens. I love that. Like just any naming of, yeah, that you, what you're experiencing is real. Mm-hmm. And there's some words for it. And sometimes there aren't. Yeah. And Dan Siegel talks about flipping your lid and the brain in the palm of the hand and listeners have heard me talk about it. But that's that's another thing that I talk about as well, especially with our littlest kids, but with all of them. But, you know, feeling, being in a tantrum or feeling all of this overwhelming emotion can feel really 
scary. You know, they mm-hmm. feel out of control. And that is why I'm always inviting um, the parents that I work with into teaching their kids about their brain. And like I said, um, if you go to joyfulcourage.com slash teach brain, you see there's a couple videos there that highlight this, but it, it becomes this, like you were talking about, oh, reverse, oh, reverse culture shock. It's a thing. Oh, I flipped my lid. Like I just dysregulated. It's a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and there Mm -hmm. are steps and this is a great place listeners for you to start that foundational conversation around. And there are things that we can do to support ourselves in coming back to Mm -hmm. a regulated brain. And one of them being name it to tame it. That's what Dan Siegel calls it. Naming our emotions as well as where do you feel it in your body and all the other things, Sarah, that you were talking about that are so useful. Do you have any, so you see a lot of people in your practice, you know, and and, and for people who are listening that just aren't sure where to begin, even though we've given a couple areas to start, any baby steps into this work? And maybe even in the context of perhaps somebody's listening who's thinking about another adult in their life that they want to support with emotional regulation and naming feelings. Do you have any thoughts on, on baby steps to build that bridge? Um, Oh my God. There's so many resources (laughs) and books out there, but I think just for me, I'll just come back to my own personal experience is if we're not present (laughs) in the, in our, in, in the moment, it's really hard to feel things. It's hard to name things. So I actually always point people back to building a foundation of just being present Mm -hmm. a little bit more aware. And then I'm just talking, I am noticing what is happening right here right now. Mm. And that may, the baby steps may be, oh, look, I just acknowledge that I am actually having a body sensation. Mm. I, I can actually feel my feet on the ground. Or I'm really looking at the people's faces in the room. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just taking a deep breath. So there's, for me, the first place I always start is, is let's build little moments of being present mm-hmm. throughout our, you know, throughout our day, throughout our week. And then it's from there that we can start building and exploring. Maybe we need to build a, a, a language vocabulary. And on my, um, on the blog post that you saw, I actually link to just a list of feelings and mm-hmm. it's quite an, ex- quite an extensive yeah. list of feelings and body sensations, which I love when I saw a, a similar list, um, being put together from the Hoffman Institute. I, I loved it because how many times we just don't have that much language for it. Right. Um, so maybe the people want um, a new vocabulary for it, or it may just be, I'm just going to practice feeling what I'm feeling. Mm. And I don't even have to talk to anybody about it. Or maybe I just want to journal it out, or maybe I want to run it out, but the practice in not denying Mm. what is happening. That's so good. And listeners, don't worry, the link to this blog post that Sarah's referring to will be in the show notes. Absolutely. So you can check it out as well. Ah. I could talk to you for like three more hours. I know. I'm going to keep talking. It's so great. It's so good. It's so good. And like, you know, just coming back to that whole parenting as 
a personal growth and development workshop that never ends, right? Gosh. So in the context of parenting and, you know, naming our emotions and how we're feeling, what does joyful courage mean to you, Sarah? Well, the courage to try something new. And if that's new to, I'm going to try a new parenting technique. If that means I'm going to sit with a feeling instead of stuffing it, I'm actually going to say something instead of not saying something. Any new behavior to me is deep, mm-hmm. takes deep, deep courage. And from when we, when we take those leaps into courage, for me, it is always ends up being really joyful. Mm. Like there's such an empowered, um, you know, a sense of empowerment and it leads to new opportunities or new kind of directions that I might not have, um, known about if I hadn't been courageous. So those two words fit so beautifully together that, that it's just joyful courageousness when we, when we try something new. Thank you. How can listeners find you and follow your work? Yes, I um, probably my website would be a great, it's got lots of resources, links to books and um, blog posts and some audio recordings of, of just um, helping people drop into the present moment too. Mm, love it. Like medi- like guided meditations? Yes. Yes. Perfect. There's a four minute one and a 10 minute one. Oh, love it. And that's at Yao Consulting. That's Y-A-O consulting.com or on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. It's under Sarah, S-A-R-A, Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y, and Yao, Y-A-O. Yay. And listeners, all of those links will be in the show notes so you can find your way to Sarah through there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming back and coming on and being in conversation with me. I appreciate it. Such a joy. Thank you for having me. Joyful Courage community, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Big thanks and love to my team, including my producer, Chris Mann at Podshaper. Be sure to join the discussion over at the Live and Love with Joyful Courage group page, as well as the Joyful Courage business pages on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, really anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Also, I mentioned Patreon at the beginning of the show. Check it out, www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. This is where you can contribute to the show and take advantage of patron perks like content-rich monthly webinars and deeper discussions about what's being shared on the podcast. You will like it, www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. Any comments or feedback about this show or any others can be sent to Casey at joyfulcourage.com. I personally read and respond to all the emails that come my way, so reach out. You can also sign up for my biweekly newsletter at joyfulcourage.com. Just go to the website, sign up for that. Take a breath, drop into your body, find the balcony seat and trust that everyone is going to be okay. Big love to each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming 
a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.